This is the final word, Ashes Daily. It's day five, and it's day six as well. It's day whatever, the after day, the day after, the day before, the day after. The Leeds Test, Jeff Lemon and Adam Collins for Westfield London, Westfield Stratford City. We are back in London. We could we could go to Westfield London today if we so chose. Um, maybe we should have. Maybe we should have. Instead, we're recording um, on my sofa, or my outdoor sofa. In the like. backyard. In the backyard, and I've, I've got a... Cap on from the Cowland Cricket Club. The Cowland Cricket Club guys were at Lords and Leeds actually this were week. They? Yep, they were. But I've got their cap on. I've got oh, my shirt. Is, my shirt isn't even ironed. Wow! And I think you know what that means. That's a very lazy day for me. If that I'm is, not ironing my shirt. Yeah. I'm going on camera. It's a very laid back day. We're working very hard behind the scenes. We're like the duck, but the presentation is um is a little bit huh a little bit left. I feel, I, in a way, I feel quite honoured to be here today. Um, this may be the first time you've ever filmed. A final word video without nine. In shirt. all probability, and I'm also going without charges around me. You've got charges everywhere. I'm mm-hmm. chargerless, so I feel a bit nude on that front. Yeah, my notes might might vanish from my screen. Then what? Then what? Then what? You've got nothing. You've got no. You don't have that that device plugged into anything that can save its battery. Um, this is a, this is on the hoof for you today, but that's okay. It's a casual, relaxed kind of final word. I, I feel like when we've been doing, we've, we've been recording the ones on the ground, we've been so amped up. We've been so kind of, we've been charged at the end of every day. We've been licking the terminals of the battery um, and getting that sherbet fizz on the tongue. You ever do that when you're a kid? Yeah. Just lick batteries? We, we really didn't have a lot to do, did we? We didn't have a lot on. Yeah. Not like the youth of today with their Eucalyptus social sleeps. media. Oh yeah, play, you fold them in half and play it like a harmonica. Yeah, yeah we really had very little to do. We, we we had to make do, but now we have Test cricket. We're in the middle of an Ashes series, um, which is extraordinary. And I know we we well, you mentioned this on the show yesterday. This idea that you're coming into an Ashes in England, and it happens almost. Well, it has happened every time since 2005 that they say, "Well, will this be as good as 2005?" And of course, it isn't because it can't be because that's the epic. That's the gold standard. All the rest of it, but so far, I mean, we've had we've had a finish where a side at eight wickets down needed 54 runs to win at Edgbaston and did it and chased it. We've had a finish where a side that needed 250 had a bloke make 155 of them in about 10 minutes and, yep. and fall 40 runs short. And we've had a seven wicket win chasing a small target, which is exactly what happened at Trent Bridge in 2005. Isn't it is. It? They it were chasing is. half as many with Hoggard and Giles yes. at the end, chasing 129 maybe. Yeah, it wasn't like many. That. But they did it tough with Warney taking all those wickets. Yeah, yeah. I think that, uh, well, first things first, there is a definition given by the um, Association of Cricket Historians and Statisticians about mm-hmm. what is what is known as a, a close test finish, right. right? And that is under three wickets or, or fewer mm-hmm. on that metric, or 50 runs or fewer. There's never been an Ashes test series where the first three have all been considered close finishes. Huh. So th- there's tick there. That's what's got that going for it. I think the energy similar. The difference is that, and what made 05 so great, it was a, a mm. um, undeniably brilliant, Australian team just trying to peak one last time. Yeah. And they're all in their, most of them anyway, the, the core of the team were in their mid 30s or early to mid 30s, but they were unlikely to ever make another sure. trip. And so it proved. And it was also a real underdog story because at that point, like, yes, England were building, but 
they were expected to be smashed. But like uh, that Australia, no, no, okay, no, you can in some, retrofit in some it. quarters. You can retrofit it. You can say, oh, Mark Butcher and NASA Hussain, and they were building and they had a good series on 04 and all the rest of it. But that Australian team with those names on the sheet was supposed to come to England and demolish them. Yeah, no, that, that's definitely not how it was. But that's fine. You can remember it one way and the other. I was over here. It wasn't that they were expected to get smashed. They were expected to be an incredibly close contest because the Australian team had shown signs of weariness and the England team had shown signs of dramatic improvement over the previous few years, really all the way back to 2000 when NASA takes over, but especially under Michael Vaughan, beating South Africa in South Africa, which is the most like-for-like for beating Australia. And the one day as in the T20s that preceded it, what always gets lost in that story about 05 is that they have a brilliant showing in limited overs cricket. They have the tight lords. They win um, the earlier series ahead of that mini-series they played at the end. There was so much context. There was so yeah. much white ball cricket that by the time they were playing at lords, there was an expectation that England were going to be duking it out with them and so it proved on the first day. Australia end up winning that test inside four. But the, the energy around the series wasn't as it is this time where no one had a bloody clue. You look at the predictions for 2023, I didn't even bother giving one. My only prediction was that no test would reach the fifth day, um, which I always give that prediction, and, <laughs> and two of the three have. But in 2000... With, with some rain helping out. Yeah, this time fair. rain. If you, I looked through um, someone on Twitter... Um, did a um, uh, like a, a like a, a graph of everyone, every pundit's predictions. I think yours are on there as well. Mine aren't, so I didn't give one. And there's like 30 or 40 people who've given a prediction before the series, and they're all over the place. Mm. Whereas if you had you said to me, you and I had a conversation before the Ashes series in Australia two years ago, everybody was thinking, well, it'll be one of a few different results. It'll be four one, four nil, five nil. You know, no yeah, one was three really one maybe. No one was thinking. Rain. Yeah, that's sure. right. No one can. Whereas this one is, people were all over the place. I think that that madness is what sets this apart. There have been a lot of errors. Mm. This isn't the Australian team of 2005 with all their battle-weary champions. A bloody good team, but a side that hasn't enjoyed enormous success relative to that previous generation. Well, for years and years. And this England team were an absolute rabble the last time they met, which makes them exciting and enticing and and, and slightly compelling. But equally in 05, that England team was a rabble the last time they met. You know, that that tour of Australia, they were absolutely... You know, 2003, yeah, they were. They were were taken apart. And so, yeah, it was a couple of years later, but I think going into that series there was still the expectation that this is the ashes this is when australia beats england that's what happens that's what had been happening for you know the best part of two decades before that point it, it, it what what's been great so far is it's been the close results it's been the um the frenetic session to session hour to hour cricket like there has been no session yet i don't think there was where the, it's the not bouncer mattered. session at lords where uh, and in terms of sessions that weren't great to watch there was the sort of the, yes. bounce, the boring bouncer session at lords they got five wickets uh, in it though didn't they and, and there yeah. was what but there was there was the the drifting bit in between it was when was it when england were just polling short at australia yeah well so so, so, it, it, so nothing happened but they finished the session taking five for 56 yeah. right so it was horrible to watch but it proved important to keeping mm. the game Within the, the margins. The bit before the wickets start to fall, the bit when Kawaj is batting with Travis Head, is it? And nothing nothing much is going on at that uh, point. Yeah, it might have been before lunch got a little bit quiet. But generally speaking, mm. every session has had and a lot riding on it. I mean, the old cliche about important first hours and important first half an hour. Every bloody hour mm. has felt important. By contrast, we were in Pakistan last year where there were 12 sessions. 12 out of the 45 sessions were the two batters who were not out at the start were not out at the end. Yeah. There were lots of sessions where Most it felt of them like, were Imam al Yeah, yeah, indeed. And, and many of those sessions didn't feel like there was an yeah. enormous amount riding on them. It felt like both sides just needed to 
in playing it slow, just not lose their bundle and just stay in touch and just keep it in check. Whereas here, um, there are huge gyrations one way and the other, which is making it, um, which is making it uh, impossible to look away. And which I think is why there is so much interest in England and there is an extraordinary amount of interest in Australia, which I didn't really feel the last time around. When we were here after Headingley, true, but in the build-up to it, it didn't feel like anywhere near the same interest. Maybe around the sandpaper returnees. Mm. Maybe around the sandpaper returnees, but this feels different. There was, uh, there was in Australia more of an interest around that, I suppose, about how they would go coming back. Um, in England, I'm not too sure. And, and yeah, England lose that first test heavily in 2019. And, yeah, yeah. And Lords is a draw, even though England have the better of it. So there's a bit of a meh about the 2019 series until... That's actually a pretty good in- start with hindsight. I hadn't thought of it that way, but England with another hour might win that test. Yeah, I mean, so that's that's almost a brilliant test match because yeah, you have the archer yeah. spells, you have Stokes bangs 100 in the third innings, Bestow makes runs with him fast, they set Australia yeah. a target and they're probably going to bowl them out if they have another session at them, but they don't because they've lost so much time to rain. And they're, um, they're ahead by 90 runs on the first innings at Edgbaston after having Australia... One forty odd for eight. Yeah. So yeah, maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm talking that down un- unfairly, considering the third test of that was the greatest finish ever. Um, and then we go to Old Trafford and goes to the final results, session. I, su- I suppose, as in, yeah. like the, the the quality of play is good, but you don't have the results thus far. And 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 you've got what you've got with the men's and the women's series at the same time, where in both series England has to win every game from here on in order to take the trophy. And so far in both series they've done that. In yeah, England women have won two, the men have won one. You know, I mean, winning two more tests on the bounce is a big ask, but it's possible. It's a good time for a rest, isn't it? I mean, we've had, and I, and I think we see this perhaps with Cummins more than any other player across the two sides. Not only is he a fast bowler, remembering every fast bowler for Australia has had a chance to rest and rotate so far, with the exception of him. Mm. Um, even the World and, Test and he Championship. he did start to look tired towards the end I think of, he did. of Headingley. I think like he, he bowled so well in the first innings, yeah. but he was starting to tire. Yeah, I think he did. I think I hope he gets away. Well, we've been given a list, haven't we, of where all the places the Australians are, yeah. are going. We don't know where precisely, but some are going to France, some Spain. The golfers are going to Scotland. One of them's going to Bristol, which I thought was quite nice. Yeah, so um, Steve Smith is the only one we know. He's going to Wimbledon, of right, course, because yes, he loves tennis. Yes, yes. But there's a bunch of the golfers to Scotland. Then, then we've got yes, Spain, Paris, and Amsterdam. With mm-hmm. a, so one country and two cities. I asked which city in Spain, and was told, "Don't know." So, so I can't tell you if they're going, one to, Barcelona going to Amsterdam or Madrid. Who, who's who going to Amsterdam? Who, who's the most likely to Mitchell Marsh? <laughs> Hope so. He deserves it. <laughs> he deserves it. Take a load off, Mitch. Yeah. Pop into a cafe. Enjoy yeah. yourself. Spend 12 hours there. Um, he's the one that strikes me as who might get the most out of that experience he's as catching well. catching the 420 flight yeah, to, right now, yeah. to Amsterdam. It's, it's nearly 420 as we're recording right now. It is. Um, but yeah, there's all these other... So th- And what this gap, and it's extended by one day, so it's a 10-day gap, gives us as well is um, endless speculation on mm. the teams. Now, this will heat up as we get closer and closer, but... Um, we predicted this yesterday that the David Warner thing was going to kick off yep. and so it has um, you know I, I've i been pretty relaxed about this in that I've always framed it up as though Warner's got a, a two test buffer yep. and he um, did a job at Lords absolutely and thus nicking off twice at Leeds well that's as I described it yesterday on the Daily Show an occupational hazard and he goes to Manchester and, and that becomes a bit of a referendum on his future. I think if it's two all going to the Oval mm. and Warner has a double failure at, at, at yeah. Old Trafford, that might be where they actually consider it. There's, Despite reckon, the language McDonald and Cummins have given in the last 24 hours, I don't actually think they're truly considering Warner's position. No, I reckon there's, there's two ways this goes. If if he fails in the third test, and in the, in the fourth test, and they win it, 
then he'll probably keep his place yeah. because they will have already won the series. Yeah. Um, if he if he uh, succeeds and they lose it, he'll keep his place. And if he fails and they lose it, then I think they'd make a change for the fifth test. They might, if, if it's dire straits, especially if it's broad. And that's the other yeah. benefit this point's been made in the Aussie press. The, the England team named their 11 two days out. So if they really want to match up it and Broad's not playing, mm. that might bolster his chances. And, and who broad knows will, how England, Surely Broad will play. Well, you'd think so. I, I would Eight imagine Robinson off. will miss out regardless yeah. to get Anderson back into the Bro- 11. Broad will commit a murder if he doesn't play. Yeah, like, yeah. He will, he will come to the press conference with someone's head, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, the, the word on the street is that Anderson is playing yeah. in Manchester so and that you know I can see I can see merit in that you know home ground knows the conditions better sure. than anybody um, and, and all the rest if, bowling if from the do, James Anderson end and if, so on if they do an Anderson Broad Wokes Wood Moeen sort of configuration with the, the four quicks like they did um, at Headingley then yep. that could work that could, that the could only work issue out. might be if they've got uh, maybe I'm overplaying this point and if I am you know so it'll be but with Wood if they're going to get one more test out of him, might it be even with a nine or ten day gap? Doesn't matter. Every test is must win. There's no point yeah. trying to save him for the third no, test. No, I'm not, I'm not talking the, about must win. Fifth. I'm talking about the probability of breaking him. Yeah. I'm like, do you, do you leave him an extra week for the oval because every day you get to rest this precious resource is a is a is decreasing yeah. the chance of him. But there's, no point, there's no point winning the oval test if you've lost, if you've lost Manchester. Yeah, I guess so. I was thinking more about his body than the than the scoreline. But yeah, Wood then Tongue is in the wings, I suppose, if one yep. of them doesn't come up or one of them gets sore. I just feel like Robinson's been short of a gallop through the series and didn't bowl barely at all in this test Well, match. yeah, I mean, they, you know, they went without an extra bowler and so it was lucky they did have the Wokes yeah. insurance policy because he's, he's almost the pick of them. Um, go with, Woke, with don't go broke, as in, it turns out. In the second innings, at least, <laughs> when, when Wood had tired and was a little less effective. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, after, after, and after what he did with the bat as well, that proved the, uh, the value of having that extra bit of batting in England where, you know, I mean, he's, he's been so ineffective in Australia, Chris Wokes. It's this interesting sort of contrast yeah. where he's been so poor away, um, but he's so good at home that there's, it's, it's almost a no-brainer. Yeah, they should confiscate his passport, Chris <laughs> Wokes. He's super effective at home, though. Takes his wickets here at... 22 or whatever it is. Just to go back on the well, Warner thing for a moment yeah, before we go to England which, in more depth. Which I think is important because even a lot of people who like our show and listen to it have been getting annoyed with us for saying that there's probably not a question mark over Warner's place. It's as I, I predicted before the series. If he had a, a couple of bad innings, this is what would happen. And because what he what he has is he doesn't have any big score he can point to to say, well, I made these these big runs here. But it's also very easy to forget that your job as an opener is primarily to bat through the first session when it's difficult. You get sent in at the Oval by India, yep. get through the first session, yep. get sent in uh, by Lords. England at Lords, get through that session. The only session where the ball moved around at Lords. Yep. And um, at Edgebaston, in the second innings, when they've got a run chase, he takes 61 runs out of it. So they've got 350 partnerships out of Kawaja and Warner together, which is important. They've got that half century out of Warner. And, you know, some people have um, talked this down as insignificance, but I think it is significant that he's such a good first slip as well and some of the catches he's taken there. So there are a range of reasons. Mark Taylor's copying a whack for that. Copying pelters for saying that his catches are important. Well, his catches are important. Look at England. Do you want England's cordon? Mm. You don't because they were rubbish and... I mean, they almost lost that third test on the basis of their bad catching and almost deserved to. it. Like, the bigger picture is that Warner's record over the last three years is poor. Like, yeah, numerically. it's very poor. This year it's poor as well. But um, 
then you zoom in and you're like, you're going to make a change, a structural change like that. I think for well, um, well it's some, also, you don't have to be averaging fifty all the time to be making a contribution. It depends where right. you're playing and what the conditions are. Right, right. But it, but the other point of this is that um, you are looking at a switch with Marcus Harris. This isn't about Mitch Marsh. Mm. As much as people want to say, well, Marsh should play again next week, and God, I'd love them to find a way. Yeah. But um, it's madness it's not, to say Cameron Green should open the batting or Mitch Marsh should open the batting. It's, they, just, not, not, it's just not going to happen. We saw with Harry it. Brook what happened last week when yes. England tried that um, Malachi. It blew up in their face, and he was back batting five in time for the second innings, and he batted the house down and won the game for them. So there's no scenario where Travis Head opens. I can't. Well, I mean, why, maybe why, there is. Why I, would you? Why would you waste your best asset? Your best yeah. performing player exactly. is Travis Head at five. Exactly. Your trump card is Travis Head at five. Why would you? It's the old robber's strength to make up for a weakness. You, you couldn't put a better. Could not put that better. It would be purely to um, enable Marsh batting at six and, and in that scenario for Green to bat at five or, or vice versa. Um, mm. Look, it, 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 whoever of those two misses out will be desperately unlucky. But I would caution anybody believing that this is a genuine Warner-Marsh conversation. That's disingenuous. Those who are um, advancing those lines um, on Twitter and so on aren't paying attention to the mm. way that Australia set up. If Warner gets dropped, if they make a decision and make a call on him before Manchester, again, I don't think they will, but if they were to, mm. Marcus Harris plays. Now, Marcus Harris has earned that, I should say. Sure. If he comes in and plays at Manchester or at the Oval... Uh, good on him for coming over here, making lots of runs in first-class cricket, for addressing his weakness against the moving Duke's ball, and for preparing himself for a series just like this. It's not like it's they're they're, they're you know lambs to the slaughter stuff, which in a sense um, Harris felt like a little bit in 2019 when they yeah. got rid of the right-hander for the left-hander. Um, when Stuart Broad was gobbling up every left-hander going around. On the back of no cricket and so on. That's not the case for Harris this time. But yeah, it's not a Mitch Marsh conversation. It may well be a Cameron Green um, Mm. conversation. But I can't see where they leave Green out because he bowls 145 clicks. He's the best gully fieldsman of all time. And Mm -hmm. and he's, um, whilst not blowing the doors down at the moment with the bat, wouldn't say that at all. Um, He's got an extremely high ceiling with the bat. And we've seen many examples of that across countries in the last three years. Some some enjoyable stuff around Warner with a couple of colleagues of yours online. So Jared Waitley was advancing the position in his editorial that Warner failing at the top of the order was putting pressure on Labuschagne, who was not making runs. Um, Andrew Dono Donison, our colleague, um, went and crunched the numbers and said, OK, so four of Labuschagne's five highest scores, he's come in with Australia at, with less than 40 on the board. Right. Four of his five lowest scores, he's come in with more than 80 on the board. So the lack of runs has no, there's no numerical basis for that argument. Yeah, I, I suppose not. I get the point he's making though, that um, as a number three, um, coming in with your side mm. going pretty well is, is got to be to your advantage. But, but it's a theoretical um, but, point, not, but, a, not but, one backed up by the Right, the but I mean, that, that, and that's a nice counterpoint from Dono, but... Um, like Labuschagne's issues um, in isolation have been clear. He's had three different techniques for three different test matches. And I mean, he almost went the full George Bailey with his left shoulder all the way around when setting up this week. And I think it's more, isn't it more bowler by bowler rather than like, he's not doing it uniformly for everybody. Is he? He seems like he's, I I haven't, I I haven't, I I didn't detect it to that extent of him changing it bowler by bowler. I guess my point is, is that he's making adjustments on the run mid series against the moving Duke's ball. Like that's not, 
lucky he's got a great eye. As I'd say, lucky he's got yep. um, brilliant hand-eye coordination. Um, and look, he he did um, toil hard in that first innings on opening morning at, at Leeds when Bolt was Bolt when Wood was bowling at him at you know the better part of 100 mile an hour. There aren't many mm. batters who get through that, and he did. So not always lost with Labuschagne, and he did get a good start the other day in the second dig. The concern was that after getting a good start, he, he threw it away. Yeah, you'd be rather you'd rather your players getting good starts than not getting good starts. Um, Scott Boland, I want to talk about him because we didn't yep. talk about him at all in the daily yesterday. There was too much going on and yep. I did mean to, but but I forgot about it. I mean, we've been big enthusiasts for Scott Boland's work on this show. Definitely. He looks he looked out of it um, at Headingley. Like he, he's in the first innings, he he bowled well at the start. In the second innings, his first spell was decent. He's, he's, had, those, he's had moments where, you know, he beats the edge a couple of times or he gets the leading edge that drops into space where maybe he's a bit, a bit unlucky. But he hasn't then been able to back that up by continuing to be relentless in the way that he has. He's straight online too much. And he really, he by the towards the end of that test he looked like a player whose confidence was gone he looked like his last spell when he was coming to bowl he didn't look like he thought he could bowl England out something in the body language there I guess and um, and then the way that he held back and didn't go for that catch late yeah, in the piece yeah. with Carey sprinting back that that spoke to me of a player who wasn't sure about um, about really making his mark on the team he wasn't charging in and yelling that's my catch he 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 hung back when it was his catch and, and let Kerry come back and uh, make up too much ground and spill it. Not that not that it would change the result. You know, Australia's not then going to probably take two with four runs to defend. Sure. But it's possible. It was when uh, the game was over, over, right? Yeah. Um, and given how much confidence Cummins has shown in Boland to often use him at the start of a session or the start of a day, um, yeah, it's sort of... It, 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 it's um, unfortunate that he may not have that level of confidence in himself and that catch running in off the rope is the perfect example of it where it was clearly his um, and Kerry running back with the flight sure that, that's a complicating factor but he needed to command the space in that scenario he was only about 15 metres from the ball should have taken it comfortably I feel sorry for him in a way that that's more um, that's more a symbol of the fact that he yes. didn't have a good week with the ball although I thought to be fair to him, it was the pressure he was building from the Kirkstall lane end, which helped Marsh get Crawley yesterday. I thought that they bowled well in a partnership, mm. as it was um, in the first innings when his first spell was right on it. And I think yeah. down the other end, Cummins took a couple of wickets. So I don't think it's... It's not always cut. about your figures. Yeah, the, the, the fact that he's had a wicketless test match for the first time is noteworthy, but I don't think it's terminal for his career. Did, I he, don't did think he take one in Nagpur? No, quite right. He was yeah. wicketless in Nagpur as well. Um, but I don't think he'll play again in this series. I think that they've got yeah. Hazelwood at their disposal um, next week fully rested, and that makes sense to me. We know how well he bowled at Old Trafford in 2019. He took the winning wicket. Um, and they've also got Michael Nisa, who they've sent back to um, Glamorgan to play a county championship game starting today. Mm -hmm. um, that's sensible. They've got the ability to get a game into Nisa why not? So yep. he'll rejoin the squad in Manchester before that test. I don't think he'll play in Manchester, but um, it's a nice option to have. And here's the real specky. Um, Maxie's playing for Warwickshire today in the county championship. Now, Todd Murphy didn't have the confidence of the captain this week. A and I don't think it was... Maybe I'm being too reductive and too simplistic in saying that, but if Nathan Lyon was in the side yesterday, he would have bowled bulk overs at crucial times and bowled tough overs, and yeah. Murphy isn't quite at that part of his career yeah. yet. Yeah, come and set after play out well, it's because uh, the conditions didn't suit spin right. and the the two innings were so short that they didn't really get to a point where they needed it. True. Fine, That's Nathan true. Lyon would still have bowled. That, yeah, both things can be true at the same time, right? Yeah. So there's the Murphy piece of this. Um, we've seen players come into this series fresh, unexpectedly and have really um, telling performances. Wood, 
Wokes, Mitch Marsh. And in the case of Mitch Marsh, after several years of not playing and sod all Red Bull cricket, four Red Bull games in the four years that elapsed between his overall performance in 2019 and his performance at Leeds in 2023, where he walks out and strums a great Ashes ton. Now, Maxwell, I know, you know, I, I appreciate the criticism I'll cop for even advancing this view because um, he doesn't play Red Bull cricket often anymore. Mm -hmm. But last year, he nearly played a test match batting at eight. He nearly played a test match at Gaul, not in the top seven, but to bat eight and to be one of the um, supporting spinners and to lengthen Australia's batting lineup. He'll be fresh. He's only been playing T20 cricket. Um, he's been working on his off spin for the last three years to make himself um, pickable as a frontline spinner. Right, So he's been bowling right. more and more with that in mind. He's spoken about that publicly. His off-spin's become more of a discipline than it had been when he was dominating and playing all three formats or whatever it was earlier in his career when he was very much a batter who, who might bowl a few overs of off-spin. That, that's changed a wee bit. If they don't feel like spin is going to be a huge factor in the last two test matches, if they arrive at that conclusion with Murphy in the absence of Lyon, then maybe, just maybe, they try and lengthen the batting with a fresh player who can score valuable lower order runs in a series where lower order runs we've already seen have been so crucial. It's out there, but I don't know why he's playing today. I know for a fact he wasn't meant to be playing four-day cricket. Um, I, I don't intend on asking him because uh, it's not <laughs> my place to ask him about this necessarily, but um, I, I, I wouldn't put a line through it entirely. Do you think, you think it might have been a message from from the Australian camp to say get a game in and see how you go? I just wouldn't rule out entirely that he's thought this through in the way we're, the way that I'm talking it through, that a fresh set of legs um, with a view to um, being an all-round option. Mm -hmm. An all-round option. We saw Mo and Ali bowl very well um, as an all-round option. We saw, as I say, Chris Wokes come in to play a role at number eight. It'd be fun. We saw Mitchell Marsh fun. come in to bat six and take a couple of wickets. I feel like, again, it, it, is, it is nowhere near plan A for Australia at the moment, but given the way the series has played out, I don't think it's completely bonkers that they might look at something unusual like that um, if, if they don't want to play Murphy. Mm. That's kind of where this all hinges on. Okay. If they don't want to play Murphy, that's where something creative might play out. We did talk about kidnapping Alex Carey so Jimmy Pearson could play at Headingley. That didn't work out. <laughs> um, but the, the Headingley crowd probably wouldn't have minded if Alex Carey got kidnapped. Maybe we just needed to arrange a small kidnapping of Todd, Todd Murphy, Murphy yes. on, on the morning. Maxwell <laughs> for touch. Australia. If you you know if you're involved in the kidnapping industry, you know um, just just drop us a line. It'd be a half day. It'd be a real easy one. Speaking of adjustments to sides, um, one that they might consider now, England is the best O piece, right? Yeah, um, I doubt they will. But they might. Oh, I reckon I've just got a I don't know spidey senses. I don't know. I think they've got enough time to think about it in the cold light of day. Um, do they want to run the risk of someone who is struggling as a keeper at the moment, coming back from a very serious injury, mm. who's not giving them what they need um, with the bat right now? Is and Remembering that he started the test at five and got relegated to seven, right? They made that adjustment mid-test match, all part of what happened with Harry Brook and Mo and Ali and so on. Sure. Maybe this is the time when they say, look, we, we can do this, mm. we, we must do this. But they can't fit two wicket keepers and seven bowlers and five bowlers into a side. True. That, that would require them so having one fewer all-rounder. Yeah. Maybe Mo and Ali would be the unlucky player in that, in that world and Joe Root to bowl off spin like he did at Lord's. I suppose that, that might be the way they would do it. Um, I mean, geez, Moen with the two biggest wickets 
in yeah, the third innings stiff. as he'd well. Yeah, he'd be super stiffed him. Well, I mean, um, it's not that he bowled terrifically well. He just bowled. He bowled tightly. He, 17 know. overs for 34. Yeah. And they've got overrate problems that we'll talk about on the weekly show tomorrow. Yeah, sure. Everybody's got overrate problems <laughs> that we'll talk about on the weekly show tomorrow. It's, a, it's an incredible uh, inc- incredible week for, for one of our favourite topics. And, and the closeness of the scores. I mean, yeah. I think it was Henry Moran's stat that yep. if you took the extras away in the first two test matches, then the result would have changed. In, uh, and it was um, Will McPherson. If oh, right. you took the extras away, England were ahead. Head on runs yep. in the Test series, which, is, which which tells you how badly how bad the keeping has been and, and how bad some of the bowling's been and all of the no balls and so on, um, and the scores across the series: Australia one thousand eight hundred and fifty runs, England one thousand eight hundred and nine runs, fifty eight wickets for Australia, fifty five for England in terms of wickets lost, so forty one runs between the two sides. I mean, obviously, when there's a run chase, then you end up with you know, an even number of runs sure. scored in the match. But you, you haven't had, what did Zach Crawley say? Oh, we'll beat him by 150 runs. About 150. Nobody's beaten anybody by 150 runs, put yeah, it that way. It goes back to our first point about how close the series has been. That, that's excellent number crunching from Henry. And um, Australia have done it um, in terms of batting. They've batted for like 30% longer than England for the same number of runs, which goes to the competing philosophies that we're seeing. England hauling that down yesterday in an even 50 overs, 251. That would have been unheard of until 12 months ago, aside chasing that many runs in the fourth innings as quickly as, as England did now. And it wasn't even a talking point really yesterday, mm. but they went at over five and over um, to complete their work, you know, before tea on the fourth day. Yeah, yeah, just, I, yeah, I suppose it would have been a, a fraction of a decimal over five and over. And, and one other little quirk, how about England only having one 50-run partnership for the entire Test match? And it was mm. the one between Brooke and Wokes where they put on 59. Like, again, this this this, um, this idea that we are scrapping, each side is scrapping, they're, they're not playing perfect cricket. This isn't sort of... Um, and that might be where, when we, we can go full circle, this isn't as good as 05 because the cricket isn't maybe quite as of a high standard. I, 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 could, I could see that. I could maybe. see 05 being, you know, some absorbing brilliant cricket mm. where we're seeing some of that here but, but a lot of, but a lot of scrapping and 05 relied on a lot of top order failures and lower order true. rallies and that kind of thing as well there was yeah, a fair true. bit of bad batting in there there was a lot of Matthew Hayden slogging Hoggard to short cover <laughs> repeatedly and, and that kind of stuff where you could say the, the quality of of some of the play wasn't as terrific as, as that of others but I think uh, as far as doing a daily show goes <laughs> we should wrap that up there um, this this has been the final word Ashes daily for day five for Westfield Thanks Westfield, London Westfield, Stratford City go and do something nice Google them find out where all of the things that are to be done in the nicest um, and biggest and most wonderful um, shopping centre this side of the moon um, go down there buy yourself some threads go to Moss Bros go to Charles Tirrett do something like that go to, go to the, um, the place where you did shuffleboarding go to anything do it do it do it have fun you can uh, find us at patreon.com slash the final word <laughs> we'll be we'll be at the uh, the fourth test match we'll be at a bunch of other stuff in between times live Lots. show coming the day before the oval test yeah yep there information about that on the weekly show which will be on audio feeds tomorrow <laughs> and hopefully on video feeds as well we'll see we'll see how we go with all of that um, this is an audio podcast if you're watching the video the, that's that's mainly what we do the video stuff's a sideline but uh, you can find us on the internet you'll figure it out you're all savvy uh, inhabitants of the digital age final word Ashes Daily G Lemon A Collins see you later bye I ain't George Benson I ain't protected by the way I ain't fenced and if my future questions my current senses that'll be the same we've been doing Sorry if I ran out to empty wrote this so you know what I meant here I had to go about it